0: Hello and good afternoon and welcome to KZ Radio TV. I am Timothy White Senior, your host for Unlocking the Power of You. If you look around the room, you're going to see some familiar faces and we're going to be talking to them each individually and collectively. But today's topic we are talking about. This is my story. And everybody know that that was a song that came from uh, Blessed Assurance, the words from Blessed Assurance. This is my story. This is my song. And we're going to be talking about what God has been able to do in our lives. As I said, the faces are a little familiar. They were on the uh, program a couple of weeks ago. They're back again. Three of them are back again today. And we're going to be sharing some amazing things that God has been able to do in this man's life. And we're going to let him introduce himself and the other members introduce themselves. And then we're going to take it from there and start this emotional roller coaster.
1: Thank you, Tim. Uh, my name is John Taylor. Um, I'm a hairstylist, but before I start on my bio, uh, I'm a Christian first. Got to let that be known. Um, And God has been really good to me. Um, I'm a hairstylist of 30 years. Um, Being a hairstylist, it allows me to create. I'm an artist. Also, it gives me the, the days to flex my schedule So, I can mentor. So, my love is doing hair. My passion is working with the youth. Um, I have a son who's 19 years old. Um, Raising him, that was one of the hardest things that I've done, but it was a beautiful thing also. Um, I'm a, a father of one, but I'm a mentor of thousands. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. I have a mother, two sisters. Uh, we're a small family. I uh, have a girlfriend, Deirdre. How you doing? And uh, Get that in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just good friends. Um, and I'm just glad to be able to give my testimony uh, to maybe what I say today may touch It may inspire those who may be going through something that they don't think physically or mentally that they
0: can handle. You know what's so good about it? No one knows yet the story. And you're going to be sharing that in a moment with everyone. And as John is sharing his story, I want you as the viewers and the listeners to pay close attention. Because not only did he go through a traumatic time, there were some people there because God is... God is a God who always has a witness. He wants people to know what he's doing and how he's done it. And there's some things I know John is going to share with you guys. You're going to It's going to blow your minds, number one. You're going to say, hey, how could that happen? How could that be possible? And is it true? So in order to make everyone aware that it was true, God has some other people, and we're going to talk to them in a, in a moment here, other people who witnessed that, who saw it. And they'll be able to share some things that, Ladies and gentlemen, John is not going to be able to share with you because his mind is blank to those situations, certain situations. But the gentleman here with us will be able to help uh, share some light on that. So the other person at the table with us, I'm going to let him introduce himself, and we will let's give us a little bit about you.
2: Wow, awesome! Um, my name is um, Bishop John W. Siggers. I'm the pastor teacher of Freedom Empowerment Ministry Center, and I'm a championship mentor. Um, I met, I, maybe I should start there. Well, a little bit about me. I have six children, uh, been married to the same woman, and we have all the, I'm all the baby's daddies. <laughs> Amen. Uh, for We've been married for many years. Um, we just celebrated our 40th um, wedding anniversary uh, last year, so we're going into the 41st. We got married really young, and we've had a lot of experience um, in that in terms of raising children, and we—I have a ton of stories, but it ain't about me today. But just to tell you, I've been pastoring for about four years now, and um, that's when I met um, Brother John here, and um, he's been a good brother. And when I met him, we just—we just clicked. We just clicked, and from that point, we've been brethren, and we still hang out, and we do some things. And um, I'm just honored to know this man of God. Yeah,
0: thank you. Absolutely. And, and and there's more that you will be sharing with us oh, yeah. momentarily. As I say, this is not a, a program about anyone, but you pretty much, John, it's about you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to focus on that, you and the Lord, because it's what God did for you as well as what he's done through you. And he's continuing to do. Through you, but again, as we said, there are people who saw some of the miracles, and we're going to be talking about that miracle in a moment. So, the next person at the table, the other person in this this group, is my name is De Niro
3: Gray. Uh, I'm a tired city worker. I happen to be uh, John's Taylor uh, best friend. Uh, my church. Uh, partner. Uh, we go to church together. I've been knowing him about 30 years. He was my best man in my wedding. He was my best man in my divorce. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been married for 21 years. My wife is my soulmate. Uh, I have eight lovely grandchildren. I have two Good sons, handsome sons, very intelligent. Um, I'm just honored to be here to uplift John and his recovery. And like I always told him as he was going through it, God is taking me through this, but this is bigger than him. So we're here today to uplift him, but also uplift God Amen. and show him that he's still in the miracle business. Amen.
0: Absolutely. You know what? And sometimes uh, I heard Pastor Seeger saying it kind of subtly. They say, amen, amen. <laughs> but it's okay to say amen. People need to know that we have a, a relationship amen. with God the Father. He is our Father. And, and being so, it is good to see a panel of black men, mm-hmm. men who are doing something other than sitting around and, and talking about the next joint they're going to get and the right. next beer they're going to drink. So it's, it's a positive thing to have happen and with that being said, too, John, is, you, you need to tell us what happened to you when you had this surgery. So what led up to the surgery? And you can take your time with it because we're in no hurry. So you let us know what happened. Something took place that caused you to have to go to the hospital. As I said, the subject matter today is this is my story. So we want to hear your story because many people are watching and listening they're going to find some similarities. Maybe they're afraid to do what you did. They need to hear that someone did it and why you did it, what led up to you doing that. So what was it that caused you to have to have some surgery in the first place? Okay, well, uh, I had a brain
1: aneurysm uh, on the left side of my lower brain. Um, It... What caused me to, well, having that aneurysm, which it hadn't burst yet, it was four days of the worst headache you can imagine. I mean, a migraine, I never had a migraine, but I would assume that this was migraine level. And I remember it started on a Thursday. And by Sunday, I didn't want to wake up. It was hurting that bad, and uh, I remember trying to go to church. I ate a bowl of cereal and was like, "Maybe, maybe it'll it'll end." The cereal gonna make you feel yeah, the better. Yeah, cereal's gonna make it end. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Uh, lay <laughs> back down and and I was out. Uh, my phone rang and it was my sister, and she asked me why wasn't I at church today, and uh, I said, "Vic, uh, my head is killing me." She said, "How long has it been hurting?" I said, "It's the fourth day."
0: She said, "Go to now, the now." Before VA. you go any further than that, hold on. Is she a doctor? No. She a nurse? No. Paramedic? No. She has no medical experience. No. Well, she's a physical therapist. Okay. She's had a,
1: you know, she has a degree in physical therapy.
0: Now, the reason yeah. I asked that is because it, it's something that compelled her to, to the number one contact because you weren't at church. Well, you know, um,
1: as Webster's Dictionary says um, healing is renewed health, restored health. The Bible's definition of healing is divine intervention. So Vicki calling me because I wasn't at church. Mm -hmm. It was unusual for me not to be at church. Um, She said, go to the VA and get a CAT scan. And I'm like, Vic, it's not that serious. Just a headache, probably sinuses. She said, go to the VA. She was real adamant about it. If you know my sister, she's really silly, right? And she was, she got real serious. She said, go to the VA and get a CAT scan. And I'm like, Vic, I'll go Monday. I'm off. I just want to lay here. She said, go. I'm on my way to get you. So Deirdre and myself, we drove to the VA. And when I walked into the VA, any soldiers out there, you know, when you go to the VA, it's always crowded. And uh, I walked in. It was empty, completely empty. I walked right up to the desk. I said, I need a CAT scan. My head is killing me. She took, took me to the back, got my vitals, took my vitals, wheelchaired me down to the uh, X-ray. Got the CAT scan. Fifteen minutes later, doctor was still told me that uh, we have to operate immediately. You have a brain aneurysm. And I'm thinking, no, that's wrong, man. I've never been in a hospital a day in my life. You know, no, it's got to be wrong. We need a second opinion. He said, no, the x-ray show, you have a brain aneurysm, and we have to get it before it leaks. And, uh, man, I still remember that feeling like, man, this is hopeless. You know, I never felt like that in my entire life. Like, man, this is it for me. Now, you me, know, this let, is let it. Let me ask
0: you, you're a believer at this point I'm a too, believer. Right?
1: So. I'm a believer, but, you know, even believers, there's doubt. There, there, there was a little bit of doubt. Not that the Lord couldn't heal me, that as we must understand this, we know the Lord can heal but we mustn't assume that he must. See, that's the Mm -hmm. thing. We know we can pray, but we don't assume that he must heal. And so I'm thinking, at that time I was 55, I'm thinking, well, you know, this is how I'm gonna go, because we're all gonna die. And I'm like, this is how I'll die. And I'm like, I was trying to be strong for my sister, my mother, I didn't even want my mother to know that's how crazy it was. I didn't I'm like, man, I was just trying to feel like like, what is she gonna feel? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? and uh take your time, brother. So I'm like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. so. From that point, when they rushed me to the university hospital from the VA, things were a little blurry. Um, took me to the room where, the, took me to the operating room. And I remember looking up. No, before that, before that, it was the night before, man, it's so much. The night before, I was laying in the bed, and I said, Lord, if it's your will that I make it, that's cool. But if it's your will that I die, that's even better, because I'll get to see what heaven looks like. And from that point on, there was a comforting. I remember reading a passage of... Uh, Thy rod, thy staff, it comfort me, comforts me. Mm-hmm. And now I truly understand what that meant. I'm laying in that bed knowing in my mind that the next, when I wake up, I'll be dead, right? That next morning during surgery. This is not that I'm a deaf wish and all of that. It was just reality. I'm like, this is how I'm going to go. And uh, I remember laying in the bed. I said, Lord, you know, it was funny because the conversation was like, I was talking to, De Niro, or, or Sig, like you know, just like I'm talking to him. I know he's my Lord and Savior, and there should be reverence there. But, but it was like he was my dude. He was my cat. He was my friend, you know. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm gonna stay up the whole time. I'm gonna. Stay, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just gonna breathe this air this last time. Seven fifteen is when the anesthesiologist is gonna come, and I'm gonna have my surgery and. I just want to stay up and I'm looking at sports center and and I'm it's like the lord was right to my right and I'm talking man I don't know what the calves are going to do you know I mean it was that kind of conversation and I didn't fear death first time in my life I didn't fear death
0: You know and, what's so good about that you talk to God as he was a friend. Yeah. And see, that's what most people don't understand. God is our friend. He yeah. is a friend of ours. Yeah. So to have a conversation with him like that, yeah. he loves us to have those kind of conversations. That's what we're here for, and that's what he's there for. He's not saying you can't talk to me. Mm-hmm. You talk to him as a friend, to speak yeah. to a friend. Not afraid. Not afraid. And you didn't show him any disrespect by doing that. Yeah. You actually showed him honor and glory by doing that because you actually spent time talking to him. Man, was, and he wanted comforting. to hear from you. So that comfort, yeah. it, you were feeling it, it that comforted.
1: comfort. I was, I was okay.
0: Man. So you didn't feel like it was I, I, morbid it, that you were saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to wake up dead. You didn't feel you know, that way, huh? I was, I was, uh,
1: and even when the anesthesiologist came in, he was a brother, and I said, look, bro, it's not going to be your fault. And he said, what? I said, it's not going to be your fault, man. You know, and he looked at me. He said, look, man, I'll see you in the recovery room. I'm like, yeah, right. Right. Whatever. Because huh? I was cool. I was cool. I'm going, to, I'm going to see my Lord and Savior right now. I'm, I'm about to see heaven. I'm about to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember them, they, they wheeled my bed down to the operating room. And again, I've never been in a hospital overnight for anything. So they wheeled me in and I'm looking up and I see these lights. And it's just like the lights I've seen in every movie when they're operating. Mm. I'm like, man, it's the same lights. I I mean, I'm tripping on this whole thing. I'm like, wow, bro, it's the same lights. And then I look to my left, and that's when I saw that saw that they were going to cut my skull open. And I saw this, like, mallet and this looked like a chisel kind of thing. And it was all silver and shiny. And I'm like, oh, man. And I said, look, I don't want to feel nothing. I don't want to hear that saw in my head. <laughs> I said, I don't want to remember nothing. And then he says, okay. They plugged me up and said, count to 10. I said, 10, 9, and that's, I remember 9, and that was it. So I wake up in this room, and the same room that they were prepping me, I wake up in this room, and I remember being, I would never been high in my life. I was so drugged out. I remember like, man, did I make it? Am I in heaven? I couldn't hear anything because part of the surgery, the procedure was, they, they saw my skull open, they peel the right side back, they go in my neck, they find the biggest vein in my neck, cut that out, clip the aneurysms, they stop the blood flow, to my aneurysm, when they cut the blood flow, then I stroke out on the right side. So that's where the stroke came in. Then they attached the big vein from the back of my neck, and that's why they call it a bypass, so it bypassed the aneurysm, and they attached that in the crown of my head. And then they stapled it back together, and I'm standing, sitting here talking to you about how good God is. So when they did all that, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm laying in the bed and I wake up and I didn't see anybody. I didn't hear anything. So I said, okay, I must be getting ready to go to heaven. Right. Cause I couldn't hear, I literally couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I, I remember falling asleep again. Then I woke up, I don't know how long I was asleep, but when I woke up again, I saw my mother. So I'm like, mom, you made it to heaven too. She was like, no, boy, you done made it through the surgery. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was in mom in there too, right? So I was like, wow, <laughs> but it was um, it was a beautiful thing. I saw, but but this is the this is the thing, fellas. When my mother said, no, oh, boy, you made it through the surgery, there was a slight bit of disappointment. Because I thought I had made it to heaven. And that was heavy because I thought I had made it to heaven. So now I'm like, okay, I'm on this trek, and now it's time to do this. And I didn't realize that I had stroked out because I was so medicated. I I didn't know. I didn't know that my right arm couldn't move, Mm -hmm. my leg. I was was just, okay, I'm here. And uh, so from that point on, I don't remember anything. And that's when Brother Gray... And Brother Siggers come in because from that point when my mother said, boy, you made it, I don't remember anything. The only thing I remember was when I picked up when they moved me from the university hospital to the VA hospital. Everything else, when I said I don't want to hear or see anything, I don't want to hear that song, I don't want to remember nothing.
0: Now let me ask you too, because of that, and I know as you guys are listening, you're watching, to have your head peeled open – the skull peeled back, and they're doing all this. Uh, what was the thought when you looked at all the the saw, the bone saws, and everything on the on the table? What was your immediate thought? I know you were, you said you didn't want to hear anything, you yeah. didn't want to feel anything, but apart from that, because you, I know it was. It's, kind of disheartening when you realize they're going to use these things on me. Yes, yes, yes. So what was the thinking? What was your process of thought? Because there are people in the hospitals even now, they don't want to go through surgery, and they they hear what you've gone through, and I want them to understand what you have gone through. Many of them can come through that as well. And there's nothing wrong with them having that moment of doubt like you did. So with that doubt, I'm assuming that's what it was, when you're looking at all these things, uh, did you really look and see, well, God is going to deliver me, or as you mentioned moments ago, were you thinking, I don't want to be delivered, I just want to go? You know, I I didn't want to die because of my
1: son and my mother. Those were the first two people that I said, man, my son, my mother, I was just feeling for them. You know, I mean, I know my friends and family, they're going to mourn, but I was just thinking of those two, my son and my mother. Like, man, this is going to be hard on them. So that, it was a little disheartening then. that There was a little bit of, oh, man. But even with that, it didn't override the fact that I would be in heaven. I really was on my way to heaven. And that feeling I never had before, you know, to mm-hmm. really believe. And I truly believe that. So even now, if I die tomorrow, you all will know that John Taylor's a believer. He's not perfect, and, I, and I'll tell you I'm not perfect, but I believe in our Lord and Savior, right? I can, do, I, can, I can be a knucklehead, but I can believe in our Lord and Savior. And that was the, the comforting that the Lord had given me that night before. I was like, bro, I'm going to see. I'm, if, if I make it, that's cool. But if I don't, it's even better. You know, and again, like I said, I was a little upset, just a slight disappointed that as crazy that as you made sound, it through, huh? that I made it through, I got to still deal with earth, I still got to deal with all this that's going on. But again, I was a little bit of, oh, man, my son and my mother. I was just thinking about what was going to go through. That
0: day. Now, let me ask you, since you did mention your mother and your son, mm-hmm. because it definitely affected them. Mm-hmm. Even you came through it. Yeah, but how did it affect them? Because uh, we're going to talk about it momentarily, how your body responded. And that's important to know, too, because your body had to respond a certain way. And as it was responding, what you wanted to do, it wasn't doing. And I know when your son come to visit you or your mother coming to visit you, there's a dynamic that goes with that as well. So as you thought about your, your mom and your son when they came in or coming in, what was your thinking process then?
1: Um. You know, man, my mother, I got to tell y'all, I remember being at the VA. I was there for two months. No, two months and 14, six, no, 16 days. Two months and 16 days. I was at the VA hospital, confined to a bed for 20 hours. Rehab for four, Combined, com- confined to the bed for two, 20 hours. Can you imagine that, right? even though you know that I can get up and I can try to walk, I could do this, but precautions, you know, the hospital is telling you, no, you can't. But my mother would be at the hospital every morning. She would come to the hospital every morning and wash my face and my arms every morning. I'm like, Mom, you don't have to do that. She was like, it's okay, baby. She'd tell the nurses, hand her a towel, and she would get the soap out the sink, and, and she would do that. And I was like, Ma, you don't have to do that. But that's just that nurturing, that love, that mother's love, that, that you know, just going through this, I realized just how much this woman loves me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that was, that was kind of heavy for her to come every morning, six in the morning, man. She would come. And do do that, just that little gesture of I, I can't do much. I can't zap your head and make it all right, but I could wash your face and wash your arms, you know. And uh Brother Gray told me that he asked my son words you know dad's gonna be all right and and it was like no big deal you know so wow i try to get through this without
0: man if you if you got through without crying there'd be something wrong so let me tell you this why you take a pause and we'll go to brother gray because he he just mentioned you he segue you into that with his son so seeing his condition what do you think when you walked in and saw... Uh, well, Bertrand. first of all, let
3: me say this. I was one of the last individuals that he's seen before he went to surgery. Mm-hmm. And we prayed. And like I said, this is my brother. But like, you know, any family member, you feel in that pain. I know God's worth than him. I know he's a fisherman of men. And the day that he texted me and said, hey, man, I'm in the emergency room. And they said, my brain is bleeding. And I am said, your brain is bleeding? Because he's never been in the hospital. And at that time, I got down on my knees and I started praying because this is my brother. And then when I seen him in the hospital, I seen his conditions. But I knew in my heart of hearts that God was going to heal him because God got too much work for this man to do. So when I spoke to the son a day before he was going to surgery, and the son had so much confidence because anybody that knows John Taylor knows his worth and knows that he's one of God's disciples. And he's one of God's men. So I knew that I just had to stay on my faith. And I told him, I said, John, what God is doing to you, he's doing for all of us. Because this is bigger than you. He, One day, we will. Re- this will be revealed. And now we're here glorifying God. See, this is about God, his reconstruction of John Taylor. But he had to take him through a test for him to have a testimony. And this is the testimony that he's given. And I'm emotional hearing it because God bless me. I'm gonna say that again, bless me to witness this so we can speak the words of what God done. And it was so fantastic to see this brother right here speaking what God did to him because it was traumatic for all of us, especially through his recovery. Mm -hmm. But sometimes God take you through a tough situation so you can speak his name, holler his name from the mountaintop. And that's what he's doing right now. And I'm so joy and happy to see being here because what he went through was so devastating. But Brother Taylor has a spiritual character. Through his lowest point, he still kept his faith in God. He never surrendered to the devil. He never let Satan take his faith away from him. So I had to stand strong with him, you know, because God was doing this for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we heard about miracles, but to see one, to see one and the witnesses, it was so fantastic. And, you know, I praise God every day because when I praise him, he's in my prayer because he showed me. He got work for us to do. And this man right here, him, of all the individuals, God to do this to him, it was for a reason, to show the world. If I can do John Taylor and his recovery for what he's doing out there in the community, and now we're here glorifying God, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm tears <laughs> about to come to my eyes. But they tears of joy.
0: And that's a good thing. a joy. And I yeah. want you to be able to share those. Everybody needs to know. See, there are people who think that men don't cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a misnomer. It's the biggest lie out mm-hmm. there. Men do cry. All the time. We do it. Most of the time, we try to hide the fact yeah. that we mm-hmm. do it because it, people tend to think it's a weakness. It's not a weakness. Mm-hmm. It's a meekness. Yeah and when we exactly so when you look at that Romans 8:28 says and we know it's a confidence we have and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that called according to his purpose that scripture does not say all things are good just that all things work together for good so what John was going through God simply says I've assigned that to you For you to go through it so that others around can gravitate and understand who God is and the power of God and the mercy of God. You uh, alluded to the fact earlier, Psalms 23, yea, though I walk through. So you Mm -hmm. had to go through it to get to it. That's right. Mm -hmm. So everything that is happening and we have a lot that you can share and we want you to share some of that recovery and some of the things you had to go through to the recovery process because you had to make some mental adjustments. Your body is only going to respond to what you're mentally putting yourself in the position of overcoming. You could have laid there and simply say, you know what? Never mind. I just want to die. Let it happen. Or you're going to fight. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to fight, that means you have to fight by faith. That's right. So what you did as a best friend to go in there with him and to take his son, to, to minister to his son, to say, you know what? Your dad's going to be all right. Right. He's going to be all right. In spite of what he's going through, he's going to be all right.
3: And, and, and even though his son was nine, 18 at the time, he knew his father worked. He knew what his father has done for so many lives and changed people's lives. His confidence gave me even more confidence because mm-hmm. I said, D, you all right? He's like, my, my dad's going to be all right because he knew God still had work for him to do. His job wasn't over with. Okay. So when D gave me that, I said, you know what? He's going to be all right. The healing was already done. We just had to be patient Mm -hmm. to see it and stand on our faith. And what we go through in life right now, our trials and tribulations, we must stand on our faith. God don't need us perfect. He just
0: needs us diligent. He don't need us to talk about what we can do. Mm -hmm. He just want us to do it. That's right. And what you did, you did it. Mm -hmm. And that's what is the the best example is the living example. Mm -hmm what you said his son gave to you was even more powerful than what you said you were giving to him. That's right. Because what did his son see? His son was basking in the relationship that he had with his father. Mm-hmm. Now understand what that, how that translates spiritually. Mm-hmm. As we bask in the relationship we have with our father, knowing that he can do anything, this son was saying, my father's going to be fine.
3: That's right. That's right.
0: And he related that to you. That's right. And it made a difference in your life. So you gave your, his son gave to you the strength that you needed to order to go back to John and say, you know, brother, it's all right. It's going to be all right in spite of everything. So with that being said, Dr. Siggers, <laughs> Pastor Segers, yes, sir, you went in and you saw John and people are going to have to know in a, in a few minutes what he actually was going through as far as the recovery. Mm. The, the, the surgery was one thing. That was a major thing. That many people lost their lives in the course of. Mm-hmm. And John mentioned the fact that when they told him he was going to clamp off his nerve, it's going to cause a stroke. Had God given John a list, these are the things that are going to happen, brother, when you go into surgery. I think John would have started marking off everything. You know, not, nope, not this, not this, not this, not this. I, I, but Lord, I, can, I think I can handle can this. Can come back here. tomorrow? Exactly. But he didn't give him a list, of, right. an itemized list. Mm. And that's what we have to understand about our relationship with the Lord. He's not going to give you an itemized list. He's mm. just going to say, go do. That's right. Get it done. And stand on your faith. And see that without faith, it's impossible to mm. please him. So we have Pastor Seegers here so he can uh, jump in on that aspect of the faith aspect and as a friend. What you saw.
2: Well, before I say that, I, I, I was just thinking in my mind just how amazing it is to have a God to love us the way he does. Amen. And he Amen. knows that we're going to go through different things before we even go through those things, even before we were born. But the greatest thing is that he prepares us ahead of time. We don't even know what we're being prepared for. Mm-hmm. So you had alluded to the point that um, men cry, mm-hmm. men feel we do have he motions, you know. <laughs> so, um, that again? Say that again. <laughs> get, have, get up close to the microphone. What we he have calling? he motions. <laughs> he motions. Amen. <laughs> like like and um, and and the tears and when those tears come, and they they serve as a release valve to help us when we can't bear the pressure. You know, even though we can't think we can go any further, he'll give us a way to release that pressure. So. Those tears, and I I just thought about that when you were talking about Mm -hmm. um, don't be ashamed. And I think you said, don't be ashamed to cry, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say that to the men that may be watching. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to be all hard. You know, I have sons that want to be all tough and hard. But listen, life can break you down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Life can break you down. So just be prepared and just trust God because he knows what he's doing, although we may not know everything that we're doing. But um, anyway, getting back to when I when I came, me and my wife, we came and we saw him, and I just saw a miracle because <laughs> he was acting like he hadn't even been through surgery. <laughs> now he said he don't remember, you know. My wife, we came, she kissed him, you know, and everything, <laughs> and um, and I prayed with him, I, I anointed him, and. He said, I don't remember nothing. And he he looked right at my face. He looked me right in the face and said, my man. (laughs) My man. I knew you would be here. My man, just like that, you know. And uh, so his sister and his uh, his two sisters were there. But um, uh, I know he said, I don't remember all that, but you were already on your way to recovery even when I saw you, you know. And um, I wasn't worried. I wasn't afraid anymore when I saw him. And um, that's the first time. I came a couple times. Um, next time he had lost, I said he had lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. you know. But um, he, he got up and said he's going to walk. And he's walking and stuff. I'm like, my God, what a miracle, you know, to see what God can really do, you know. And, uh, you know, you believe I believe God can do anything. But when you see it, that's it just right. seems right. to it put it in a different perspective mm-hmm. when you can actually see it.
0: There was a, a major reality check. Right. Yeah. When you yeah, look absolutely. at it. And, and that's what we want people to understand watching this program, that in spite of whatever you're going through, God is still there and God yes. is able. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's yes. the God of impossibilities. That's he true. knows he can do anything. He won't fail us. We fail him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. And we have to understand that. So the process of uh, of going through that recovery. That was the. If anything, we can say the hardest part, mm-hmm. because John had to reconcile, and I know he mentioned it several times. Now mm-hmm. he had to reconcile the fact that, man, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to do something. Yep, you just can't <laughs> lay there. Then. That's right. That's right. You can't just lay there. That means you have to get. You have to invest and involve yourself mm-hmm. in this recovery process. Now, one thing God did, mm-hmm. God was there. He said, "I'm gonna. I never leave you nor forsake That's you." Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's saying, "John, dude, you're gonna have to do your part." <laughs> You know what, and that's yeah. the part we want to talk about because yeah. I know you were talk uh, you may mention the fact that you had that stroke. So that mm-hmm. means your your body was very limited. Your mind was free. Mm-hmm. According to you, you think I can do these things. What happened when you come to realize that, hey, my body's really not doing what I thought it should be doing or normally have done?
1: Well, you know what? Um in you know, I was on morphine and oxycot. Wow. And they took me uh, a, a friend of mine who's a doctor. She was monitoring the dosage, you know, unbeknownst to the hospital, but she was keeping a, um, uh, a check on how much they were giving me. And she said it was right to that point where any more would have just been too much. So that's one of the reasons why medically I didn't remember anything. And, uh, the hallucinations were it was crazy every time someone would come in it would be this guy he would be standing there and it's just like I'm looking at brother Otis right there <laughs> it's like you don't see Otis over there that, <laughs> that that guy is there you don't see him right and uh wow yeah i mean just just like that and uh and then a little boy would come in had now
0: Tell everybody, remember, this is the medication speaking. It the wasn't medication. a little boy actually no, in there. It was, it there was, was a guy. So the medication yeah. was saying, hey, there's a guy and right. there's a little boy. Okay. Right.
1: And he was dressed, the, the man was dressed like Dick Tracy. You know, you remember that jacket he would wear? I, I remember, it, yes. And then the, and then the, the boy was dressed like a 1930s, 40s paper boy with knickers and with hot socks and wow. Apple hat and, and a tie. And I'm like, wow. man, what was that about? But I would see them. Every day. And, uh, and finally, he came in by himself.
0: Who's the little boy? No, the guy. Okay.
1: So the guy comes in, and I'm like, hey, man, who are you? What do you want? Why do you come in here? Leave me alone, you know. And he started walking to the bathroom. Now, mind you, this is not even happening, right? But in my mind, it is. So as he goes to the bathroom, I said, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get him in a headlock and I'm going to hold him and I'm going to call the, the nurse so to prove <laughs> that this guy is real. And uh, I tried to move my leg and that's when it felt like a thousand pounds. I'm like, how come my legs not move? Just, I can't move my leg. And uh, I slid my leg off the bed. The bed alarm went off. The nurse runs in. Mr. Taylor, what are you doing? There's a man in the shower. <laughs> He's like, who? There's a man in the shower Go look. And uh, she went in there. She says, there's no one there. And the, the male nurses came in, and they slid me back in the bed. And I said, how come I can't move my, my leg? It feels like it weighs a 1,000 pounds. He said, we had a stroke, Mr. Taylor. I said, a stroke stroke? He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, a uh, Fred Sanford stroke stroke. <laughs> 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 and, and I was like, oh, man. So he walked out. And that's when depression set in. Mm. I cried for exactly one hour. I hadn't cried like that since one of them 1970s whoopings they used to get. Um, I cried and cried and was like crying. And I was like, man, I must be going through depression because I had never, you know, I'm I'm gonna make it happen for myself. And uh, I've never been depressed. And I went through depression and then I stopped. 30 minutes, woe is me, why me? I'm on the usher board, I'm leading the usher board, you know, I'm working in the community, I'm a good brother, I don't do a lot of the stuff I used to, I'm in church every Sunday, why me? I did that for 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. why me? Why me? You got knuckleheads, dope dealers, rapists, robbers, you got all these people, why me Lord? And and, and again, I'm I'm a believer, but that was in my head, why me? Are you taking out one of your soldiers? You know, why me? And uh, so 30 minutes of that, after that, one of my pastor's sermons, maybe seven months ago, it popped in. He said, if you've been praying the same prayer for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, in some cases 60, 70 years, I think the Lord has heard it. Pray about something else. And this this just popped in my head. Pray about something else. Pray for somebody else. And that's when I stopped. What was me? And there was a guy that I was in rehab with, and he had come back from Afghanistan, and his thighs were blown off, right? And he had these prostheses, and they were teaching him how to walk with him. Another guy's ankle was blown off. And one guy's arm was blown off, and I'm looking at these guys, and I'm like, "Man!" So I start praying for them. I took myself out of it, and I start praying for them and people, other people in the hospital. And uh, that next day, when I went to rehab, I worked out. You know, if they asked me to do whatever, I went over the limit, and I came back to the bed. And I remember my foot, I started. it started moving. And I'm like, man, this foot is moving. So all I did, I'm in the bed for 20 hours. I just kept moving it. I wake up, kept moving. And I go to rehab, it got a little stronger. And I kept praying for others. Just took me out of it. Mm-hmm. The only prayer that third day I remember, I said, Lord, if I'm not able to walk again, just I know you can heal me. I'm not saying heal me, Lord. I said, Lord, just give me the mental capacity and strength to deal with if I can't walk again. That's all I asked. I said, just give me the mental capacity to deal with never walking again. And that was it. That was the only thing I prayed about as far as for me. And I prayed. I remember praying for family and friends that, you know, giving them strength. I don't want people to pity me and, and, and all of that. And uh, so I kept going back to rehab and, and I'm moving it and I'm able to like move it and bend it and, and in my arm, you know, I'm, I can grip. And the reason I have this grip here, right, the reason this is sitting here, this is real sentimental to me. It's funny, you know, when I look at it, if you can see there's a rip in this, I don't know which camera, there's a rip. And uh, that rip came from when I was given it, I couldn't move it. And, I mean, I would be shaking just trying to, and it wouldn't move. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be the same. So, again, people out there who may be going through a stroke of any kind, just keep the faith. Even though that doubt is setting in, you gotta have more faith than doubt because the doubt's gonna, Satan something else. He, he will creep in there and and I just kept, and then I could move it a little bit and I would just hold it. I would fall asleep. And if it falls out my hand, I would ask the nurse, could you, it's under the bed or wherever, and just give it back to me and I would just hold it. And I held it so much that it started to rip. But as it was ripping, I noticed that it was bending, and it was bending. And I'm like, wow, God is good. And this song popped in my head. Lord, don't move the mountain. Just give me the strength to climb. A lot of times we want to pray and, Lord, just make me whole again. Mm -hmm. No, no. Don't keep that mountain there. I know I had an aneurysm. For the rest of my life, that blood is going to be clamped off. It's still, it's still, it's still there, right? The 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 stroke. I'm not a hundred percent strong. I can't run yet. I can walk real fast and kind of jog a little. But in time, that'll come back. And if it doesn't, that's cool. I'm walking.
0: Now, you know what he said that. I'm talking to you now, Mr. Walker, and I say, he said that. But he came down here to Fair here once and. Went to class, a martial arts class, and all the stuff he didn't think he could do, he was down there doing. <laughs> hey, so, God is good. God is good. Yeah. So God is good. So, in spite of all of that that transpired, yeah, it's not about running. It's just about, again, as you were saying earlier, too, mm. uh, Mr. Gray. It's the consistency. That's yeah. Right. Are Delicious. we consistent? That's right. In our faith. That's, That's right. It. And as you mentioned, it, it's not going away. It's yes. done. Yeah. The healing process is taking place now, but you—it's a process, and we could keep forgetting at a time. We're in the process, and that process is ongoing, and it overlaps with things. And, you know, uh, I had to open up my Bible and to the Book of Job. Job mm-hmm. had to go through some stuff. Mm-hmm. He had to go through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Why did God give us the Bible? Because He wanted us to, us to see mm-hmm. other people went through stuff. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that we're not in this by ourselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. we, we do. We have those pity parties, don't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we we're going to happen to me? Absolutely. This, that, that. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor little old me, poor little old mm-hmm. me. Yeah. At least you had the foresight and the spirituality mm-hmm. to understand that I'm not going to pray for me only. And the Lord mm-hmm. said, stop thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And you look around the room, you see prosthetics, a arms missing, A foot that's missing, all these things. The Lord said, hey, why don't you pray about that? Mm-hmm. Why don't you pray for them? Mm-hmm. And as you were praying for them, he was giving you strength. Even mm-hmm. though you didn't weren't aware of it, he was strengthening mm-hmm. you. He was sureing you up because he mm-hmm. simply said, the greatest strength you have mm-hmm. is when you start looking at other people. Mm-hmm. When you start praying for other people right. in their situation, their that's circumstance. Right. And, right. and as he did that, that's, that's when and you real. said, I started moving my foot. That's real. Mm. I mean,
1: shortly after, you know, you know, there may be people out here who would hear, like when I would watch these TV evangel- evangelists mm-hmm. and these healers, I would always, man, that's not real. I'm telling you, I couldn't close this. Only when I start praying for others, only when, I'm telling you, I could, I could move this. Only when I remember, um, hey, when can I go home? I would ask my uh, physical therapist, man, I got to get out of here, man. I need to go back to work, man. I'm, this is crazy. He said, well, you can't even walk stairs. And I'm like, come on, let's do it. So we did the, uh, the fire uh, uh, escape. And I walked down those steps. <sighs> man, you're talking about tired. And then I walked up. He said, you all right, Mr. Taylor? I'm like, I'm lying. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. But I was <laughs> tired. But I, was tired. Mm. but I had to prove to him that mm. I, you I could I do get it. out here. And the motivation was, I remember looking at the door, and there were all these cards. And I'm like, where did all these cards come from? Who were all these people? You know, I, I know Sig, I know De Nero, I know you, I know Hart, mm-hmm. I know Otis. I'm like, you know, a few people at church, I'm like, Where are all these cards
3: coming from? Well, I think I can say about that, that um, we have maybe over 500 members in our church. I think 494 came. (laughs) The only reason them didn't come because they was dead. (laughs) But that's the love that they had for him. Wow. But I want to speak a little about prayer because prayer supersedes everything. Mm -hmm. And so many people was praying for this man. Mm. So many people. And as he said, he directed... His pain to others, he never gave up his spiritual faith. He would when I would come see him, when he was at his lowest point with the drugs and he was out of his mind, he still stayed focused on God.
0: You were out of your mind. He was
3: out of his mind. I mean, he was gone. I mean, but he the love that he had for the mentoring program, we were having a conversation and out the blue, he would say, you know, we gotta go to open house. You know, because we was going to open house the day that tragedy happened. But somehow God kept that in his psyche about those children. And I knew that was his strength to come back because we would talk, he would always bring up those kids. And I knew Mm -hmm. God was on healing, but on God's time. Mm -hmm. And see, like I say again, God did that not just for him, but he did it for all the believers to show that you have to be patient in your faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was some bad days, and I would go there and see him, and he was so gone that it shook my faith. Mm. And I would leave the room crying. But, like, once again, there was tears of joy because I knew the healing was coming. God had put it through me, through his son, that my dad's going to be all right. Just stand on your faith. And to see what he went through, but I knew what God was taking him through that. The only strengthening. God doesn't do anything just to make us stronger. And that's what he did to Brother Taylor. And it was so many praying people for him. I mean, so, so many people that came to see that that's the love that they had for him. And I knew then he was a fisherman of me. There, I said, God, I got something for this brother.
0: See, so God doesn't do things for show. He, he does it for us to grow. Mm. Everything its his mercy. Uh, Pastor seekers I know you have some things. That, and you look like you're mulling over some things. Oh, no. Go right ahead. <laughs> no. Because it, it's, it's an I'm amazing just, story. I'm just
2: thankful. That's all. I'm just thankful. Miss that brother. Wow. To come back because he doesn't know he even he encouraged me a lot yeah. that's mm-hmm. what we mm-hmm. were we just had conversations when I first met him and because I didn't know I didn't know anything about the mentorship program but because of the passion like you were saying that he had for mm-hmm. it, he made me excited about it <laughs> I said well what can I do to help what can, <laughs> how can I get involved in what you're doing he said well you just do this and the other just show up and we'll go from there you know and from there the first time is history. I, I just got hooked, you know. Um, but it was, I got it from the light that you had and the enthusiasm you had and the love you had for those children that it made me catch that. And once I saw them,
0: I fell in love with them. Wow. So, uh, it was so it's powerful. So it's a growth process, again, that oftentimes we don't look as if God wants to use us. It's always, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe He should use. Brother Siggers mm-hmm. or Brother Gray right, or, right. Brother mm-hmm. or Brother Finley or Brother Walker, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. why? Why would he want to use me? You said it in your your own statements. You know, knucklehead. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. God didn't call us because we're perfect. Right? He knows that we're not perfect. He right. knows that we're flawed from head to toe. But what he's looking for are servants. Right. Looking for people who will do what he has commissioned them to do Humble, in service. spite of. Yes. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. I don't care whatever happened in your life. It took humility. That's right. It took That's humility right. to take your eyes off of you and pray That's for right. the person with no legs, the person yeah. with no arm. Mm-hmm. Humility. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that we have to look at, too, at this table and in this room is all men. Right. God is simply saying, hey, I created you guys to be the leaders. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go through some things in order to be the leader I want right. you to be. And you have to humble right. yourself to be that leader. That's right. Mm-hmm. So all the things that have happened in spite of it, the Lord's <laughs> simply said preparing you. Why did this mentorship program, the mentorship program is all about what? Mentoring others. That's right. Having yeah. them look at us and see an example mm-hmm. they can follow. Mm-hmm. Just as Brother Seeger said and Brother Graves attested that and we can attest to it. Mm-hmm. When you invited us in and we come into this program yeah. and we see these young minds that are hungering. Mm-hmm hungering for nourishment and it's good to see that somebody can go through and come out of the the fire on the other side Mm -hmm. and not having a pity party like oh you know what I don't know why this happened it happened you know the disciples came to Jesus in John chapter Mm 9 he said Lord who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus said, oh, oh, you guys don't get it, do you? You really don't understand it, do you? He said, It's not that this man sinned or his parents. Jesus didn't negate the fact that they were sinners. He said, This man was born blind, not because of his parents or even because of himself. He said, He was born blind for this day for the glory of God. That's right. So, what happened to John Taylor was to happen that day. Mm-hmm. For the glory of God. Yes, that's right. That's so it was right. never about you, mm, but it was about right. what God was going to do yeah, through I you. Always
3: said that. He always simply said, say, look, right. I got
0: a program that I need you to fulfill. Right. Yeah, That's right. And I have that's it slated down good. here. It's called, wait a minute. You don't even know it yet. But it's going to be called <laughs> Champion Mentorship. <laughs> that's right. Uh-huh. What, what is that? You? I don't know. But then when you thought of it, you thought you thought of it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, nope, that was me. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I need you to be an example. But you can't be a worthwhile example unless you go through a few things. That's right. That's
3: right. And that's what
0: happened. It wasn't that he said, oh, you know what? I'm going to pick on John today. Mm -hmm. No, he picked John. Mm -hmm. He didn't pick on him. That's right. And John had a
3: test that he needed to have a testimony. And this is his testimony to glorify God. Let me tell you a quick story right quick. The day he came back to the mentoring program, he was like maybe one 50, I mean, he was oh, a right here, okay? But the children, he had cut his dreads, and the children didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. And then when they looked at him, this one young man, he's about, I think he was in the fourth grade. He got so emotional, he broke down and started crying. And he started praising God. Then we all started crying. Mm-hmm. That's the love that God had for him to bring him back. And to look at him, you will say, brother, you ain't really ready to come back. But God knew he was ready to come back. Mm -hmm. See, what we see, God see through us. That's right. God knew that that stroke, when he came out of his mother's womb, it was going to happen. For the glorification of God. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm still emotional. Can't believe that I'm here glorifying God through this young man here. Mm -hmm. For what he went through. Because it was a tough situation. But God, through his strength. And the man that he is, and I keep telling him I always saying that you're a fisherman of men. But God had to show you that first. Through your faith, through your diligence, and the love that you got for people. Because so many people sprang praying for this man. Mm-hmm. He don't realize how many people mm-hmm. came to the hospital. I got a little jealous. I said, man, he got that many friends? <laughs> and they kept coming and coming. <laughs> I mean, I think his third grade teacher came. i mean, where did he get her from? But the love. I mean, it was all about God, though. It was, and I kept saying, man, this is bigger than you.
0: This is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. We have three minutes left. Three minutes wow. left on the clock, but in those three minutes neither wow. the share too. You know, he lost a lot of weight. We yeah. saw the weight loss ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I say loss of weight, maybe I should let me amend that. He didn't lose it. He misplaced it because he surely found it again. He, <laughs> he, it he, 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 he put that way back on. It's like, okay, I'm back now, and, and that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing that's because it's right. saying that you had the mentality that the Lord said, you know, I needed your mind and your body because mm-hmm. I have your soul. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's you, right. we began to build that, and we want anybody and everyone who's watching the program and listening to the program to understand that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world with God all things are possible mm-hmm. here's a walking talking That's breathing right. miracle, miracle an example of that miracle. so if somebody say it can't be done right. they don't know God or they're mm-hmm. serving the wrong one because the God that I serve That's right, the God that I serve can do all things right. and we can do all things through Christ who is our strength last words brother
1: God is real uh, those of you who may be battling um, maybe a loved one has died and you think the Lord has given up on you, or or someone is, is, is sick or going through something, uh, your, your kids don't love you, your kids don't call you, uh, you know, you're having issues with a family member, or your friends, your house is about to be taken, just know that the Lord is with you. You can make it. Just, you have to continue to believe. I never stopped believing. Like I said, I just knew I was going to heaven. That's how much... That, that, you know, the love I have for our Lord and Savior, you know, so I just want you to know that I felt him, you know, it wasn't no light or anything, but I felt the power of the Lord. I'm, I'm talking to him, having conversations with him, and not once did I feel afraid, you know, once I knew he had me. 10 seconds, 10
0: seconds, 10 seconds. You know, they, they always say that on the big program, so we're going to do it today. 10 seconds, what do you have? Sir?
2: It's been a blessing being here, and um, I'm looking forward to greater things ahead. Amen. Yeah. Uh, i just like
3: to say that uh, God don't need you perfect. He just needs you diligent. Hey,
0: exactly. Amen. Be available. Right. Until next week on Unlocking the Power of You, we will be waiting for you, looking for you on that time. Amen.
3: Uh, uh, Cook out, right? the number one, the number <laughs> one show. <laughs>